Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right after hanging up with Ben, Adam Schefter tweeted out that Washington has hired Anthony Lynn as their run game coordinator, uh, per a league source, Schefter reports, Commanders made a run at Anthony Lynn last year but didn't get him. This year they got him because Lynn is close with head coach Dan Quinn and general man- manager Adam Peters. Anthony Lynn was the assistant head coach and running backs coach for the 49ers the last two seasons Uh, Remember, after coaching the Chargers for four years, he was the OC in Detroit in Dan Campbell's first year before being replaced by Ben Johnson. Uh, Jumping on with us right now is one of my favorite guests to have conversations about a lot of things with John Oran from Now Puck News. John was with, uh, you know, was with Sports Business Journal for, I don't know, 17 or 18 years uh, and left at the end of December to join Puck. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Orand, O-U-R-A-N-D underscore Puck. He joins us now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books, download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. 
Um, so much on my list for you today. I know you were super busy. You were in Vegas all of last week, right? Yeah, I, I aged about a decade in the last week, I think, Kevin. I hope you focused on work rather than lack of sleep, meaning late nights, <laughs> early mornings. When I'm out there, it's got to be a three-day max because there's about three hours of total sleep. That was the worst part. Is that, you know, For me, if you cover the business of sports, Super Bowl week is like a trade show. It's like a big convention. So I, I got out there on Wednesday, a good like six nights in Vegas. Yeah, I was ready to leave. Yeah, I bet. Um, all right, let's talk Super Bowl and Super Bowl numbers. We saw that it was the most watched telecast. You expected that, right, going in, that it would be the most watched telecast of all time. Um, with, By the way, at one point during the telecast, 202 million plus watching at its high point, uh, it averaged, as you know, 123.7 million, crushing last year's KC Philly Super Bowl. Why do you think we saw the massive bump from last year? Uh, you know, th- th- there are a billion reasons uh, why. W- one is, that, you know, th- they're counting uh, uh, the uh, viewers differently. They, uh, not to get too in the weeds here, but they're starting to count, like, out-of-home viewers. Those are numbers that used to come much later, and they're counting those a, a lot earlier now. But I, I think uh, there, there are two main reasons. Is I, always, I, I view the Super Bowl and the playoffs – as really that the, the entire season is a is a television season and you, you have the start the middle and it leads to the end and the ratings were up throughout the throughout the entire season and it just it, it added people wanted to see how these plots uh, uh ended up uh, finishing and so that really helped so when when you saw uh, playoff ratings were up like 10 percent you know you kind of figured that that was going to carry over to the super bowl uh, as well, um, there is, uh, really don't discount Taylor Swift. It added in this entirely new fan base. It, it didn't create huge numbers, but like enough to sort of uh, help this squeak over to become a. Can a, you? A I mean, is there a way to quantify that? Uh, there, there are. I haven't seen. I haven't seen these yet, but you can uh, bet that uh, the uh, female demographics. And the, the younger demographics are going to be up huge on, on this game, I, I would think. I haven't seen those numbers, but th- that would track with pretty much every Kansas City game that, uh, that, that's been played this season. And also, as, as like a final thing on the Super Bowl, sure. I mean, it, it's, an, it's an overtime game with, you know, right. I think by now Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey are bona fide uh, stars along the lines of like, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre or whoever, but, but beforehand. So they've been in the Super Bowl like three of the last four years and all of that sort of uh, conspired to a, to be an all-time record. By the way, I I usually keep track of these things. Did the overall game length go past four hours from kickoff? Oh, you know what? I have no idea. I, that, that, that's a good question. I think it was it was right up uh, on there because it, it went through the the entire uh, quarter of the, the entire fifteen minutes of overtime. But I, I I don't know what the actual length was. I mean, it's very rare, as you know. It's not totally unusual for a college game to reach four hours. Um, uh, it's, but it's very rare. I, I doubt it's happened in a long time. I, I meant to go check that. It should be in the game book, um, where they have the actual, uh, length of the game, but man, it was a long night, but also a thrilling night over the final hour, hour and a half. What you about know, Kevin, worldwide funny, funny numbers, John? 
What did you say? That you bring, I said it's funny that you bring that up because every everybody is trying to, to make their games shorter. They, they, they think that that's what's going to bring in younger fans. I mean, you're the, that's why baseball has started the pitch clock, and you know everything is about getting shorter. But those four hour college football games, four, four and a half hour, the ratings at the end are much bigger than at the beginning. And if you watch, uh, other than the halftime show where you always have a spike, the ratings for the Super Bowl, uh, even if it went four hours, they get much, much higher at the end for obvious reasons. Well, they did uh, They did something before the college football la- season last year to try to address the length of the games, which was to eliminate the stoppage of the clock on first downs until the final two minutes of of, of the half and, and the game, which, you know, didn't – I don't think it impacted it a lot. It impacted it somewhat. By the way, I just I, I just pulled it up uh, in the NFL game book, the official game book. The length of the game on Sunday night was four hours and six minutes. There you go. I guarantee you that is the longest Super Bowl ever, and I would bet you it's one of the longest NFL games ever. Even when you see – a long overtime regular season game, which, by the way, is 10 minutes, you know, not a 15-minute clock, you know, it'll stretch to three hours and 40 minutes sometimes, three hours and 45 minutes, over four hours, four hours and six minutes. Wow. And if you if you talk to any TV executive, if they could mandate that the Super Bowl goes four or five hours, <laughs> I, l- 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 I used to complain about the length of college job, football games to TV executives, and they used to say, like, if we could get Alabama-Auburn for 10 hours, we would. <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's, this isn't coming necessarily from TV, which uh, which uh, wants to show as much live football as it can. You know, what's crazy about that, and I know we've had this conversation before, I'm with you on college football games. I mean, you'd get a 3.30 kick and the game would be, it would be 7, you know, it'd be 7.15 and your 7 o'clock games have already started and it, it's bleeding into it. The 12 o'clock games bleeding into the 3.30 games. I've always felt like they had to do something, which they did. On the flip side, college basketball games are over some of those tournament games that are officiated loosely without a lot of whistles are over in an hour and 50 minutes. I don't think it's enough product. Yeah, that, that, that's anything. The, the general rule is that they want to have it under, other than football, which is its own case, but they want to get it under two hours. The NBA college basketball, all, even baseball, that, that, that's sort of the magic uh, point that, that, that the leagues and the networks have uh, taken a look at. They think that's a perfect length to draw in young, younger uh, people and have people watching longer. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen that in the NFL for years, and with the NFL, it really doesn't matter, um, as you said. So I'm curious about the worldwide numbers. Because, you know, during the course of this game, we saw shots of people watching the game in every, you know, all these different countries. What is, what does the NFL do worldwide on Super Bowl Sunday? Do you know? Yeah, I don't have specific numbers, but it's, uh, it, 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 this is a great, you're watching the, uh, the NFL, um, expand into Mexico. They have games in Mexico, Germany, England. Uh, they're t- doing whatever they can to uh, to internationalize. And part of the reason that they won't want to do that is that the growth domestically is like they're, they're at a ceiling. So like I know they just set a record for Super Bowl viewership, but it wasn't that much higher than, than it used to be. So the only way to, to really grow the game is to get them in, into these different markets. So the idea of taking this big game 
uh, you know, with big stars and halftime shows and everything, and, and, and really marketing that internationally, that's a big priority for the league. So if, if those numbers, uh, I, I don't know have the specific numbers right in front of me, Kevin, but I, I know that they were very happy with the international numbers. And if they weren't big, that would be a big egg on the face of the, of the league because it's a total priority to, uh, to get out and market that internationally. What I was curious about, and you may not have this off the top of your head, but how short is the is the NFL's Super Bowl to a World Cup final? I know the World Cup final is the behemoth of all sports, you know, worldwide television events, but is it does the World Cup final draw more than a billion viewers worldwide? Uh, I don't have the number in front of me, but it, it's basically the Super Bowl in every other country. So uh, whenever we, we talk about CBS setting a record, I, I'm always very anal about saying it's a U.S. television record right. as opposed to a, a television record. Because the, the World Cup final and, and even the semis are uh, get, get preposterous numbers internationally. You know what I was uh, – I don't talk about this a lot, but I, I think it's so interesting – especially if you ever spend time anywhere else outside of this country and you're in a conversation with somebody about sports, they don't get two things. They don't get why we don't watch soccer, and then they don't get the popularity of college sports, which is very uniquely American. You know, that that is the biggest head-scratcher for so many um, sports fans in other countries is really the, the biggest crowds go to college games we really are unique from a sports consumer standpoint versus the rest of the world. Yeah, over in England, they always laugh. Like, who, what media company would pay for Oxford versus Cambridge rowing? You know, the, the crew over there, which is a sort of a big thing that nobody really, really even cares about. Uh, that, it, it, that, that's a huge part, as, as you know, of, of, of uh, U.S. television. I mean, the numbers for that ESPN paid for, you know, the women's tournament and the rest of the. Uh, NCAA rights show that, um, and it doesn't exist anywhere else in the country. Um, all right, one more on the Super Bowl, and I want to get to some other things. So, what did you what did you think of Romo and Nance in this game? Um, I it, it, I thought they I thought they struggled to be honest. I, I thought that uh, uh, I, even that 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 final call it was uh, I thought Nance did a really good job with the call, and then Romo just jumps. Into him, Romo starts thoughts and doesn't finish them sometimes. And you know, I, I just uh, I, I found that uh, to be uh, a frustrating watch, especially in the second half. What is CBS going to do about this Romo issue? Because it's become an issue. I, it's becoming an issue. I think that there are hardcore fans like uh, like you and and people listening to your show that probably you know are, are, are done. Uh, what CBS really does like about Romo is that you know he conveys this excitement around the game. He shows his excitement as he sort of a, is, is uh, talking about different things on, that are happening on the field. And if you're a, a casual fan, or if, you, or if you're not a fan, you instantly sort of uh, you you, you uh, identify with that, and 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 you respond to that, and and it works for them. So I I don't think that they. Uh, Actually, it's not that I don't think. I know CBS doesn't necessarily view this as an issue yet, although we're getting close to what I consider to be sort of Jason Witten territory, where you know Jason Witten wasn't that bad. He just he he just had had a poor start, and then every every single time he messed up, 
Twitter or, uh, or, or Facebook or everything just would explode and it just kind of fed upon itself. And I think we're getting close to that point. Yeah, although this would be the opposite because Romo was actually super popular to start. And then it became more clear, I think, to people who were paying attention that this guy doesn't prepare for these games. And there are certain things he doesn't know. I actually, John, thought, and I made a note of it during the game, I felt like he was more prepared than I had heard him at any point during the season, as he should have been for the Super Bowl, um, and that it wasn't a terrible uh, Tony Romo performance. Um do you think that they should have done a better job, whether it was Nance, Romo, uh, graphically or otherwise, explaining the new overtime rules going into that overtime? No, I thought they did a fine job. I, I, I was watching it, and they, they explained everything that was going to happen. And I, I guess people weren't necessarily listening to it. Maybe, maybe in terms of graphics they could have, but that, that's one area I've seen those complaints I, I don't agree with them. I, I think that, like, I don't know much, how much more they could do other than having, I think it was Romo that was, was sort of walking everybody through what, what was going to happen uh, in, in overtime. I think the one thing that I would change, though, Kevin, is they had the, uh, at, at the end of the game, uh, the, the Chiefs scored with what, like uh, seven seconds With left. three seconds to go. The, three seconds yes. to go. They didn't need to have that clock up on the screen because I think that what, what created confusion is okay. What three seconds left to what? I mean, the game. That's that was really what I was getting at. Is I I I think a lot of people didn't understand what was going on. Why isn't Andy Reid calling timeouts? You can't take the clock off the screen. I mean, it's a fixture on the screen. And I think actually Romo didn't know, but then was told to to kind of try to explain it that hey, this is just going to be the end of a quarter, not the end of the actual. Game, they're not, you know, they're not going to let the clock run out and lose by three. <laughs> hurry up! Hurry but it was—I yep. guarantee you—it was—it was very. I, I've read some things where there's no doubt it was odd for a lot of even even hardcore football fans who didn't understand that that the first, uh, you know, a 15 minute overtime period in postseason is like a first quarter in a game. Yeah, playing Monday morning quarterback. I, I really, I would have uh, like. The clock didn't matter. Like if it ended, they just changed sides of the field. So I, I, I would have taken that off because I think that that's what created all of the confusion. Because yeah. it, it was it was essentially an untimed, um, uh, untimed drive or uh, untimed um, overtime. Yeah, yeah, it's timed only because of the flip of the field, which you know matters outdoors with wind or you know whatever. Um, all right, one one more about broadcast booths. So we get Brady as the number one next year, right? With Burkhart. And what happens to Olsen on Fox? Uh, we don't know yet. Uh, Olsen is either going to become the uh, number two uh, analyst on Fox, or uh, maybe something's going to op- open up. I mean, maybe uh, maybe something opens up with Romo at CBS or uh, with Collinsworth at NBC, um, uh, potentially even uh, Kirk Herbstreit over at uh, uh, on Amazon. If there's a number, uh, if there's another number one slot that's open. Olsen can, can uh, go and get that, um, but uh, uh, th- that's there's there's a lot of room to go be- before that happens. Do you think? I mean, I think in many ways he benefited from being compared to Tony Romo from football fans. How good do you think Greg Olson really is? Is oh, he I'm a number one? 
I'm in the bag for Olsen. I, I think that he explains things well. I think when Olsen, uh, when Olsen does a game, I learn something every time, and I, I don't think I can say that with with Romo. I think he sees the game uh, really well. The the one thing that I worry about Olsen is is that uh, again, like hardcore football fans, like like you or the people listening right now, that they they uh, primarily like Olsen. It, it, does he have enough of that personality or enough of that sort of excitement that Romo shows? to to make casual fans want to want to come in and watch that's the only possible thing that i see but i i certainly see him as the number one analyst he did the super bowl last year and i thought thought did a, a very very good job i mean in mentioning what you did you know romo collinsworth herb street is there a chance that one of those three isn't in that position next year I, 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 that, to, that would be total speculation. I've uh, okay. I've heard nothing about uh, about any of them leaving. But and, and, and these are jobs. These are almost like Supreme Court positions. Once you get in, once you get in them, people don't want to leave them. Uh, uh, so I, I I have no act, actually inside knowledge on that. But you know, you never know. What would be your preference if I told you one of the three, Romo, Collinsworth, uh, Herb Street? left and Olsen replaced with either Michaels, Tarico, or Nance, what would be your preference? Um, that's a good question. Uh, probably, probably Nance. I, I just think that the, the Nance Romo thing is, uh, it, uh, it, like, like you said, to, to start off, uh, I, I think Nance is a really good play by play person. And I, it, like, I think he, he w- was helpful initially in terms of getting Ro- uh, Tony Romo, um, as uh, popular as he was, but having Romo like talk over his calls—I mean, that has to be frustrating for him. I, I just think somebody like uh, like Olson is much more of a professional broadcaster. He sort of like knows the, the ins and outs of. It. I mean, he grew up in, in Jersey, listening to, to the fan up there. So like he, uh, like he's a sports media sort of a savant of sorts. So I, so I, that's the one that I would pick for him. We're talking to John Orand, who's with Puck now. Um, follow him on X at Orand underscore Puck, P-U-C-K. Uh, just in thinking, and I didn't intend to ask you this, but just in thinking about what we just laid out, man, I don't know that anybody's taken a bigger beating over the last two years. If you know, Maybe Romo, but number two would be Al Michaels, who I, as a hardcore fan and you know a broadcasting junkie, I think he's lost his fastball and has for the last two years, but he's back doing Amazon Thursday night games with as as of now because he's under contract, right? Yeah, let me speak in defense of, of Al. Is I I think if you look at this as a television production, Al has that big game voice where if he does. I hear his voice, I'm going to want to uh, tune in and watch, and, and I, that, that's something that uh, TV executives and, and Amazon executives really like about him so you know it is he as uh as good as he was a decade ago probably not but i'll tell you what i still like i there's a comfort in hearing that voice like when, when that voice comes on i'm gonna want to watch so I, I i give i i give a lot of a uh, uh rope to al in terms of that who's your all-time big comforting nfl play-by-play voice i think there's an easy answer for me uh I'm curious to get yours. I uh, Al Al's up there for, for me, but uh, it, it's come full circle because he used to get killed. I, I love Joe Buck. I love listening to Joe, Joe Buck call a game. I'm going to. I'm talking about all time. 
I'm oh, yeah, Summer, Summerall for me is number one. In yeah, terms yeah. of just kind of that, the tone, the gravitas, the brevity, as you said, the comforting big voice, I mean, it was, it was Pat for all of those years, more than Enberg, more than Gifford, more than Gowdy, you know, going way back. I think it was Pat, number one all time. Yeah, I, but anyway. I mean, Pat would Pat would be on my short list for certain. But but I tell you what, Joe Buck has been doing this since 1996. It's a, crazy. It's a, a, a crazy long career for that guy. By the way, you know, one of the things that Jim Nance said at the beginning of the Super Bowl is that this was only his seventh Super Bowl that he called, and it was Romo's third. That seemed that that was a disconnect for me. I would yeah, have thought that, 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 that surprises me as well. I would think I would think that the answer would have had a lot without Romo. Him and Sims must have done it more than four times. Right? That's what I would have thought for sure. Um, all right, uh, tell us about the Caitlin Clark impact on you know television numbers for women's college basketball. Um, I, you know, it's more than just Kate, Caitlin Clark. I, I think I think what she does is is uh, is phenomenal. But I think women's college basketball. And, um, and like Angel Reese down in LSU, and and actually some of these coaches, uh, I it's um, look. I watched when uh, um, did you watch when she played uh, against Maryland? I did. And uh, watching the men's team this year, I mean that was so much more exciting. They go up and down the court. They actually make their shots. I mean it was. Uh, I, I think that uh, uh, you were asking about the ratings and whenever Caitlin Clark, Clark plays. Uh, whatever TV network gets or gets over a million viewers, which for especially for women's college basketball is an enormous number. I, I know that uh, uh, Peacock has gotten a bunch of her games and, and put them behind the paywall there, which uh, uh, some of their executives have said like really has helped in terms of, of getting some subscribers to Peacock. But uh, it, it, I, I think it's it's more than Kate, Caitlin Clark is the certainly the star. But there's a there, there, there's something happening with women's college basketball that I'm, I'm curious to see what happens for the uh, for the tournament and how that how that does on television. D- is it impacting the WNBA at all? Uh, n- not yet, but like the, the, these these players are going to go to the WNBA, and so they're developing a following now. It's, uh, I mean, it just feels like I'm, I'm not the first one to say this, but it feels like a magic bird. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sort of situation. And as they go up, it it could, uh, it will it will certainly have to benefit the uh, the WNBA. Well, there there is a case to be made, right, for both Reese and Clark, or I think it's Clark specifically who has the option. I, I don't know if if Reese does or not, for her to go back to Iowa for a COVID year. Yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine she would do that. I would imagine she would want to go pro and and uh, and, and start to make money with the WNBA. Well, she's making big money, isn't she? Through NIL, I mean, you see her on all these commercials now. Good money. She would make better money on in, in the WNBA. She I'm would. Sure. It's not like 
It's not like all those uh, people that are sponsoring her now would all of a sudden turn their back on her when she goes out, when she goes pro. Right. Um, tell me if my, my sense on this is right. College basketball, men's college basketball, I feel has become, is just becoming almost exponentially year to year less popular. Am I right or wrong? Um, I don't have stats to, to show you, and I think you and I, you and I are both watching a Maryland team this year that's just sort of making us feel that way. Maybe, uh, but I, 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 uh, tra- I equate it with what I just said about the the women's game, where you can people in Iowa have watched Caitlin Clark grow from her freshman year to the sophomore year to the junior year, and and that that gets people to watch more. Uh, in, in the men's game, you have one and dones. You have the transfer portal, and it's uh, you, you never know who you're going to uh, be cheering for the next the next year. And it's uh, it, it makes it hard for coaches to get sort of cohesive team uh, team play uh, going, and it makes it hard for fans to to even know who you're cheering for out there. So I uh, the the ratings for the uh, the NCAA tournament, I think they've. They haven't been down, but they haven't they haven't risen like we've seen like with the NFL or with college football uh, recently. So there could be something to that. But I, in terms of answering that question, I just pointed the the women's game, which is seeing huge ratings gains, uh, uh, and and the men's the men's game is not following that. All right, two more, and I'll let you run. You're always so generous with your time. I um <laughs> I, I have not forever, followed. Man. I love it. I, I've not followed, nor do I know the significance of that big Fox, ESPN, et cetera, streaming announcement last week. Can you just kind of explain it as if people don't know anything about it and the impact it'll have? If you're a sports fan and you have cut the cord, uh, you don't subscribe to cable, or if you've never subscribed to cable, uh, you're going to have an option for probably between 40 to $50 a month to to uh, buy a service that has all of the ESPN channels, that has Fox and FS1, and then has all of the Turner channels as well, and uh, and so you'll be able to see all the sports that you want. Uh, it's it's called sort of a sports streamer, and what's significant about this, Kevin, is that uh, like uh, everybody complains that uh, that you know poor soccer fans you know have to subscribe to ten different streaming services to see all their games and. If, if you're a baseball fan, you have to have a Peacock subscription, an Apple uh, TV subscription. Uh, you've got to subscribe to cable, and you have have broadcast TV. Th- this is the first step to, toward sort of uh, what they say the great rebundling and getting every all the sports you know for for one for one fee. Uh, uh, it's not going to be all the sports because they don't have CBS and NBC or right. Apple or, or Amazon. But it's, uh, if you consider it sort of the first step towards that, that's that's sort of uh, what it is. So what is the reaction from, like, let's start with the NFL, because CBS isn't a part of it. NBC's not a part of it. The, so the, the, the reaction has been brutal for the, for the uh, networks, uh, because the, the, all the network executives, they signed these NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, yeah. to where they couldn't talk about it. And so the, the NFL is used to knowing everything the second it happens and not getting a heads up on this announcement from two of its biggest partners and ESPN and Fox made them uh, more than a little bit irritated. So, uh, you know, people are looking into it. I, I think that there's, that there's a lot of bluster now that's, uh, that's not going to pay off. But right now, 
It's great for me, and it's great for my column because it gives me reams of copy to write. <laughs> but ulti- ultimately, I, I, I don't think this is really going to matter one way or another. All right. Um, n- back to the NFL. Next year, you know, after the Thursday night, you know, kickoff at Arrowhead again, um, there's a Friday night game in Brazil. So not only did last year they take on essentially college football on the day after Thanksgiving, but it was, you know, it's Black Friday. It's considered to be, you know, a holiday. Now they're going head-to-head with college and high school football on a Friday night to open up the season. So is the long-standing stay away from competing with high school football on Friday and college football on Saturday, is that is that just over and the NFL is going to do what they want to do? Um, yes and no. I mean, th- th- this, is, this is certainly part of the creep there. And w- one of the things is, you know, the antitrust exemption that the that right. Congress always holds over uh, the NFL's head, they don't care about that anymore. They, they, they were t- tired of uh, sort of being held hostage by that. And so they, they sort of made moves to where that doesn't matter uh, as much anymore. And, and so, you know, if they're able to do this, they're going to start to creep a little bit more. But even off the record, if you talk to any NFL executive, that's still in place. They still don't want to step on uh, particularly high school, college, I think they, they, they don't care about as much. But the, the, the Friday night games, I think that this is something that's unique for the beginning of the season and unique for uh, for actually going down to uh, Brazil for the first time. All right, last one, and it, it's really off the subject here, but I was actually saving this for you this week because I got a lot of tweets uh, after the Super Bowl, and I haven't talked about it. But I'm curious as to whether or not you have a sense – of whether or not the tomahawk chop and the you know kind of the open mocking um, of Native Americans by Chiefs fans, which we saw on Super Bowl Sunday and we've seen it on Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously, this is you know a complaint that comes from you know a longtime Washington you know Redskins fan. But to me, the hypocrisy, the the you know the the pretense here, it's stunning to me. Is there is there going to be any push? from the NFL to try to get that, you know, eliminated or not? Look, as a long-term Washingtonian, I to- uh, a lifelong Washingtonian, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, the Chiefs have been in three of the last four Super Bowls. The, the league hasn't done anything about it to date. Uh, I would be gobsmacked if, uh, if, if they end up doing anything with this. I, I, I don't see any sort of pressure or uh or will to 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 try to mandate that with uh with with the team or its fans amazing um all right great job as always i love the conversation with you uh hope the move went well rooting for you i'll talk to you soon thanks man take care yep john orand everybody at orand underscore puck uh several of you sent me you know tweets after the game why didn't you include you know in your recap of the game on monday the tomahawk chop. Look, it's not like we haven't talked about it in the past. But yeah, when they came out and you had the tomahawk, tomahawk chop during the introductions, yeah, there's an incredible hypocrisy. There's an incredible sort of, you know, insincerity really overall um, as it relates to why that but not the other. That is in, that's not debatable. It's an open mocking of Native Americans. Now, do I think it should be eliminated? I think it's up to Native Americans to decide that. But I guarantee you they have a bigger problem with that poll-wise than they did with the name here. 
All right. Uh, Denton's News next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 